time to get real. I want to see some crazy whizbiz. What's the magnet you need out of Ding Dong? I want to see some of that whizbiz. Welcome to the WizBiz Podcast with Alex and Derek. I'm Eric. And I'm Alex. And what we do is we kind of talk about Adventure Time. This episode, we're going to be covering uh, Adventure Time Season 1, Episodes 9 and 10. The names of which I did not write down, but I'm sure well, Alex thankfully, did. I did. The names of which well, are my two favorite people and memories of Boom Boom Mountain. <laughs> now I'd like to I point love... out that uh, we are men in our forties, and we're talking about something called memories of Boom Boom Mountain. <laughs> well, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Boom Boom uh, when we get to that episode. So, yes, you know, though I do remember a song from the either the late eighties or early nineties, uh, which Boom Boom was a reference to having sex. The lyrics went something along the lines of "Boom Boom Boom, let's go back to my room and we'll do it all night and I'll make you feel all right." Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a TikTok song now. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, I mean, I knew mm -hmm. that from TikTok because I'm young and cool and I'm definitely I on think TikTok. I think it sounds to me like it's a song from the 90s. I don't remember it from when it originally happened. So yes. I would guess so mid-90s. We I can pretend we're cool attention. and be like, hey, we're talking about sex stuff, like cool guys. Except that's not going to – it won't work, though, once we get to the episode. It's going to become obvious why that – won't really work, but what you don't you don't want to fuck that lady mountain? <laughs> I mean, she must really be into pegging if all she wants to do is stare at that dude's back. Fuck yeah! I mean, you know, I'm not gonna crag shame her. I'm not sure Aww. if that made sense, but I think I think it was, oh. I think there's something there. <laughs> um. Well, uh, you know. Uh, I feel like one of the things that we've talked about a lot with every episode is um, is how how core they are to sort of the overall story, or you know, if they're if they're like arc episodes, if they're part of like the old the mm -hmm. overall uh, Adventure Time, you know, story. And I think both these are really, you know, yeah. And here's my argument for that. So <laughs> I just realized when I put my drink down, it makes a huge boom. <laughs> You've got poo in your drink, get it? Because it's boom. Uh, <laughs> um, anyhow, so uh, the first episode is all about Jake trying to get Lady Rainicorn and Finn to be friends. And um, we hadn't seen a whole lot of Lady Rainicorn up until this point, but uh, we do kind of get, you know, I mean, it's, it's important because it really solidifies uh, the friendship of Jake and uh, Finn, and it really brings in Lady Rainicorn and makes it important how, or makes it apparent how important she is to the whole story. Um, aside from that, I think that it's got that whole tropish story thing going where, you know, the dude wants his girlfriend and his best friend to be buds. And he tries to make it happen, but then it seems like they get too close and he gets weird and jealous, but then it all gets resolved in the end. Uh, but then you throw in just some like plain old Adventure Time weirdness, like Jake is a magic dog, his girlfriend is a ginormous magic rainbow sausage from another dimension. 
Uh, she's some well, sort she's, of dog. She's too. a rainbow unicorn. Though, yeah. I mean, I think we, I think we did break this down a little bit uh, in a previous episode where Lady Unicorn showed up. She's technically not magic. She is normal for her dimension. Right. So she's magic here, but in her dimension, no, she's is just it, normal. Is it magic here? No, she's magic in our dimension, but in her no, dimension, but what, she's... no. What What I mean to say is, her like, all right. So if I went to another dimension. Where uh-huh. people couldn't, boom, they boom. didn't have a digestive tract. Right. So they and I went able there to and ate something in front of them. Would that uh-huh. would that mean I'm magic there, or I'm just using the the kind of requisites of my dimension that that my the, the normalcy of my dimension? Does that make it magic in the other? I think it does make it magic in the other. I think uh, I think both of those things are true. You are both using your normalcy, but your normalcy is magic in the other dimension. So and I'm Eric, only saying that. Yes. Did I just trick you into telling the audience that you believe my boom booms are magic? Uh, it wasn't a trick. No, I totally already. Okay, thought fair that. enough. <laughs> I'm sure I've tweeted this before. <laughs> Dear Twitter, Alex's boom booms are magic. Love, Reverend Eric. <laughs> um. So. Uh, anyhow. Um, I lo- I'd love the part of the episode where <laughs> they put the weird magic or the weird um, universal translator on Lady Rainicorn. Oh, yeah. And they have to switch her to old man voice. Uh, yeah. So the the voice selections on the universal translator are old man, nightmare and nerdy alien. Yeah. Which, which, I'm a, which I, I just love nightmare is such a such a setting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, but Nerdy Alien and Nightmare don't really even universally translate. Either. No. Yeah. Which I think a universal so translator to... is impossible anyway, so. Um, right. Unlike magic dogs, which we see all the time. <laughs> uh, speaking of science, we skipped, I think, one of the funniest openings of an episode ever is that apparently outside of the treehouse where Finn and Jake live, there is a daily visitation from Science Cat and Shark. Yes, and they have a fight every day, in which at the end of it, Finn beheads them with a sword, and then they come back the next day healed. That is beautiful. <laughs> I love it. It's so, uh, it's so Valhalla. Yeah, you know, like in Val. Yeah, yeah. I I totally forgot about that. I watched that episode a few days ago, and the heat has been scrambling my brains. I guess you know, I would like the rest of the world, the audience. I would like them to know a couple of things about this episode. First, uh, we're recording remotely for uh, the first time, and we're doing this um, for two reasons. One, I am about to leave on an epic journey, uh, and we might want to record episodes while I'm gone. And B, it is uh, 930 degrees out, and it's just too hot to leave the house. So... We're in the middle of uh, the heat wave that happened at the end of August. I hope it was the only heat wave. I'm sorry, the end of July. I hope it was the only heat wave and that by the time you're listening to this, you know that we didn't have to suffer through another one afterwards. Oh, well, let's do a different take. <laughs> this was the first of the two heat waves. Uh, rest in peace, Eric, who died in the August one. Uh, we were posting oh. these in his in his memory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for paying attention to this podcast and honoring my memory by uh, listening to it. Yes. Um, 
here's we also get introduced in this episode uh speaking of uh major things is this shelby's first appearance the little worm that lives in jake's viola no shelby has shown up before we've seen both um because uh in one of the earlier episodes uh shelby moves in oh is that right okay i mean i believe you i just don't remember that i don't remember exactly when um but I'm sure we mentioned it when we saw it, when it happened. I'm pretty sure we mentioned it. But yeah, in one of the episodes, Shelby moves into the Viola. Uh, so yeah, this that sounds the familiar. Uh, but, the other kind of first appearance in this episode, and it's not actually him, but when Finn, Jake, and Lady Rainicorn are hanging out for the first time, they're next to a skull in a jaunty cap, very reminiscent of death in the later seasons. Oh, I did not recognize that. That's interesting. I, don't, I think maybe it's just coincidental character design kind of thing. I don't think it's actually like an early reference, but it's pretty deathy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of feel dumb. I didn't. Um, I didn't take notes for this episode. Usually, I take a lot of uh, notes, and this one, I was kind of like, oh, whatever. I'll remember it well enough. Um, but also, there was that great scene where. <laughs> When Jake crashes his bike and he gets up again, it's the one where Shelby sort of pokes his head out. There's a leaf covering his nethers. Oh yeah, which I thought I thought that was cute. Because you believe in shame. I thought it was cute. It was a cute reference. Yes, you find shame cute. It, it, you're you're you, on record as this. Now hold on a second. Let's back up first. Is this meta shame? Is that what this is? I don't know. I'm so you're like, shaming me. I've been on the internet shame. for too long. I can't recognize the difference between meta and truth anymore. <laughs> I mean, meta things can still be truth. Well, they meta be just means. Well, it means about or in relation to. No, meta means after. That's post. Post, yeah. But I mean, that's like metaphysics. Like it's just after physics in that book is where that where that came from. <laughs> okay, I'm looking this up. I'm looking this up. It might not be after, but it's something along those lines. Mm. No, I mean, it's like, that's the, that's the, that's the Susan of it. The Susan. <laughs> okay. Meta is a river in Colombia rising in the Andes and flowing north and east, forming part of the border between Colombia and Venezuela. It is also uh, it a basketball joins player. the Orinoco. <laughs> The Orinoco is also a ship in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> uh, it is a um, – oh, look at that. We're both right. Uh, oh, does that uh, – Yeah. Yeah. It's a prefix um, from Greek. It means after, along with, beyond, among, Oof. Wait, 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 wait. Maybe we're both right, but I would just like to point out that order of operations, the first word, after. Okay. I'm cool with that. If so you, if we if were doing math, it. my shit is parentheses, and yours is like, oh, I don't know, multiplication or some some of that lazy after bullshit. All right. I, if you need it, I'm, you can have it. Yeah. I Two things there. I don't really remember <laughs> math well enough, but I think parentheses would <laughs> go first. <laughs> I don't know why I went with math there. There was a really stupid thing to go with. Like, I, I have a degree in poetry. I don't, I don't know math. What's the order of operations in poetry? Do you worry about stanzas before lines? Do you worry about... Uh, it's... Assonance comes first, then consonants, and then it's uh, iambic pentameter, and then stanzas. And then, is alliteration in there anywhere? Uh, well, that's assonance and consonants. It's just that's a fancy oh, okay, word for okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. And then there's then there's syncanes and haikus. Those are tied. 
uh-huh. then there's uh uh-huh. then there's rhyming couplets, which are kind of the garbage at the bottom. That's like your multiple. That's like your addition and subtraction. Yeah, rhyming couplets are the only one I can do. I I never got a degree in poetry. In fact, I have. Uh, I have written poems, but I can't say that any of them have successfully been poems, right? Like, it's yeah, been garbage uh, well, poetry. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I was just in school and had three majors already, so I just went <laughs> for writing, and I happened to take enough poetry classes. I think technically my 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 I was gonna say my birth certificate. I think technically my diploma is in just writing, but I always say poetry because it's it sounds funnier because of how fucking useless that is. Also, I think it helps you justify wearing all black. That is true. I need to get a beret, though. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's not the best summer hat, but um, yeah, for the winter, I think a beret would suit you well. All right, I'll work on it. Okay. So the, the the start of the conflict of this episode is that Finn does not understand Lady Rainicorn. Mm-hmm. Let's break this down a little bit. One, there's a okay. funny diarrhea joke where they're trying to translate it, and there's like a... Um, did she say diarrhea who? No, nah, man, she did not say that, which is a fun <laughs> little joke. But so and this actually goes more towards uh, the Finn and Jake being friends thing. Mm-hmm. I guess you can be friends with your brother. But it's interesting that they keep doing the friends thing where they're canonically brothers. Yeah, I mean, they're both. You can be friends with your brother. Why not? Yeah, it just I feels mean, look like at, it, it works in Supernatural. No, but I, mean, if, they, yeah, I, but I don't think Dean and I don't think they would say he's my friend. They would say that's my brother, and that actually means more on a uh, on a you know dramatic level. True. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I don't. Maybe they're friends first. Yeah. No. Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm here for. I'm, guess the, I'm the question it's guy. Definitely, it's something to think about. Yeah, I think. Uh, the translation thing is interesting. Why can Jake speak Korean? That's what I want to know. This is where I'm, that's, that was my next question. Okay. Jake is slightly older than Finn. That's established. But it's not like he lived a whole life before Finn. So how does he speak Korean? I don't know. I don't know how he speaks Korean. I wonder if, so, I mean, you know, way later in the series, we learn about Jake's origins and he is a weird alien species dog and he was born very athena like you know springing forth from his father's head kind of yeah yeah true um i don't know i don't know i mean i i assume it's just done as like a goofy cute gimmick but it's really kind of a odd mystery here's sure. a, here's an, another follow-up mystery and this is more about uh this is almost like our meta conversation there is Lady Rainicorn speaking Korean on the show? Not the voice actress, but like this is a post-apocalyptic world that she lives in and she's from another dimension. So is she speaking the language that arose in Asia on Earth as we understand it? Or is this a coincidental Asian? Is this coincidental Korean? Is this a is this a an example of um parallel linguistic development across dimensions something along those lines yes that's the Mm. question because how the hell would she speaking like what we know as korean it must be uh it must be parallel linguistic development across dimensions like that's the only answer i can think of unless unless um a thousand years ago 
during the Mushroom Wars, mm-hmm. a portal opened up to the Rainicorn dimension, and a Korean linguist or a Korean animal trainer stepped through, made friends with the Rainicorns in a more technologically primitive state, and taught them language. And that's how they learned Korean. Okay. I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of I don't like that you called them animals though. That's a little weird. What would you call them? I mean, they're people. They're just, you know, weirdly shaped people. Like I don't think of Jake the dog as like an actual dog. He's he's like a person. Hey, he's an animal. They're all animals. So the only thing that isn't an animal in the entire series is Finn? No, Finn's Not the entire an series. Human, humans are animals, too. Oh, okay, humans so are also No, no, animals. that's fine. All right. So you're going with the kind of uh you know, kind of I'm genericizing. Uh, yeah, yeah, or the the kind of yeah. uh, what do you call that materialist thing that you know we are not ensouled creatures any different from from the animals. We, you know, we are animals ourselves. Well, I mean, I do believe that we are ensouled creatures, but uh, I mean, you can define animals in different ways. It doesn't matter. I'm sorry that I called them animals. I will retract that, and instead call them space beasts. A beast. Oh Jesus Christ! Such a speciesist. <laughs> They're flying rainbow unicorns from another dimension that speak Korean. Yeah, look, I think we all, I think we all hear what you're saying. You know, I think you're saying the loud part a little uh, softly. You know what I'm saying? You know, a little hint, hint <laughs> happening here. So, uh, I like how Lady Rainicorn wins Finn over by just beating the shit out of weird underwater. What, what do you call them? Uh, evil lake knights. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also she's a great they... fighter. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised. I mean, she's very powerful. She can change the color of anything with her horn, which is, uh, which is a superpower that could have a lot of utility, I suppose. Yeah, like if you like want something to be a different color. Yeah, you could use it to. I don't know. Let's say uh, you have a birthday party, for instance, mm-hmm. and uh, people buy you clothes, and you're like. Oh, crap, people bought me clothes. Lady Rainicorn could just turn them all black for you so they'd be fine. Or let's say you're a Republican and you're... <laughs> I won't finish that thought. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess, uh, you know, so it's... But it is nice that they resolve everything in the end, even though uh, I don't think that there's any... I feel like we spent a lot of time talking about this episode and it doesn't really bring with it any surprises well we didn't i mean mostly uh, we've been talking about bullshit around the episode <laughs> we haven't really true, talked about true. the episode all that much because <laughs> we, we, we used the whole like the the second the second part of it the second problem is that uh lady reincorn and finn start getting along too well and jake starts to get jealous so much to the point that mm-hmm. reincorn and finn almost have like <gasps> a bit of an affair yes right so yeah they have a bit of an affair so jake to get back at them being very very male this is how I'll get back of I will find another sexy, young, somewhat human to hang out and play music with and make uh, Jake and Lady Radicor jealous. And that is the Tiffany, the the the, mm-hmm. the origin of Tiffany, Finn's nemesis. And Tiffany is, yeah, and Tiffany's important. Tiffany shows up again and again and again. Yeah. Well, maybe not that many agains, but Tiffany does show up. No, quite a few times, uh, yeah. Later on. So Tiffany is, does end up being an important character, uh, especially in the later seasons. Tiffany, doesn't Tiffany end up taking death's place or something like yes. that or correct yeah so uh you know so the so tiffany is important so if you're watching this for the first time pay attention to tiffany and remember uh him now tiffany is a is a little boy that has mm-hmm. luxurious blonde hair where mm-hmm. do we see that again mm. 
because I don't think we've seen Finn's luxurious blonde oh, mane that's yet. Right? Yeah, we haven't. He hasn't taken off his hat yet. So is Finn copying Tiffany's style? Me thinks. Well, I can't see how Tiffany would know Finn's style. Exactly. But I also think Finn just never got a haircut. Yeah, I know, but you know, we got an hour to fill, so I'm just kind of coming up with shit. Uh, the <laughs> the other the other uh, good thing about this episode is the, how it ends, uh, mm-hmm. where Finn says to Jake, "Let's never be stupid again," and Jake responds oh, yeah. with, "Wait, let's always be stupid forever." <laughs> Which I think I got the characters switched there, but who cares? The point is, "Let's always be stupid forever" is a wonderful end to a show. I feel like that should be the tagline of our show. Hmm. Whizbiz with Alex and Eric. Always stupid. Forever. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I feel like a lot of people are going to be tuning in for our intellectual insights, such as what is Boom Boom really? And the transdimensional <laughs> states of Korean. <laughs> <laughs> so that was episode nine. Do you have uh, any kind of uh, thing to share with the audience? Any kind of uh, segment? Oh, let's have a segment. Um, I mean, I'm I'm currently in my study, which is filled with with uh, uh, strange magical doodads and items. Um, let me think for a moment about what could be a show and tell item. Okay, you you think for a moment. I'll I'll do a uh, look at the shiny rock I found, and then maybe after okay. episode ten, we can uh, we'll talk about episode ten, and then you can do your segment. So, shiny rock I found um, that I didn't prepare for is this. Probably more than one, but this is the one I opened first. A U-catastrophe. A U-catastrophe. Is the A part of the word? E-U-C-A-T-A-strophe. U-catastrophe. Yeah. U-catastrophe. U-catastrophe. I, this is a modern uh, modern coined word, so it's it's a bit okay. it's a bit cheaty. Not the um, guy from a good place. I mean, cheaty with is a, lot. a U catastrophe, uh, some sort of combination of a euphemism and a catastrophe. Uh, no. Oh, what a is catastrophe, a catastrophe? Is part of it, of course. Okay, so this can is can you use it in a sentence? Yes, in that's just going to be me defining it. It is coined by J.R.R. Tolkien. A catastrophe is the opposite of a catastrophe, a sudden and unexpected event of happiness or good fortune. Oh, uh, and for those of you in the audience who don't know, J.R.R. Tolkien is famous for having written uh, The Silmarillion. Yeah, and, and, and Letters to My Father. Oh, yeah, yeah, Letters to My is Father. Is that the name of it? I've read like one, non, uh, one non-Hobbit <laughs> book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody knows. Everybody knows who J.R.R. Token is. You um, catastrophe. It, that feels like the sort of thing that we don't have enough of these days. Although perhaps the torrential rain that we had in the first part of the year was a catastrophe, right? Like it was unusual for sure to have that much rain in Portland these days. But holy shit, did we need it? It was. I'm really glad that we did get it. Yeah, I found my other ones. All right, so we got. Yeah. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five. Choose a number. Four. Quattro. One, two, three, four. The fourth word on my list in Hey, Look at the Shiny Rock I Found is Flocky Na Ki Nihil E Pilification. 
Flocky Knocky Nihil Pillification. Flocky Knocky Nihil is Latin. Pillification? Flocky Knocky Nihil Pillification. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I didn't really that do a great job not, of that. That's too many syllables for this mush mouth to do in a row. That is not just a shiny rock. That is a pile of shiny pebbles. Interesting, shiny uh, 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 a pile. Uh, you're you're dancing around the the solution here. Uh, that is defined okay. as the action or habit of estimating something as worthless. <laughs> so, if you, for instance, if you judge Flocky something to be knocky nihil pilification. Yeah, well, nihil is 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 I think like nothing in Latin. So, flocky mm-hmm. knocky. Uh, flocky is something to do with thinking. Knocky, I don't know what that is. Nihil is nothing. Pilification is. I think the creation thereof. So it's like, Hey, look at this bullshit I'm creating on the ground here. <laughs> Flocky, knocky, nihil pillification. Uh, that's, that's a good one. That yeah, is I think, a, that I think is there's like another kind of, of uh, vowel syllable in there. It's just kind of hard to pronounce. Uh, and then oh. I'm going to do another real quick one just cause that was really long. Okay. Okay. I found this out. So there is a character in Harry Potter, uh, the uh, wonderful, wonderful series of children's book written by garbage fire of a human JK Rowling. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a character called Mundungus Fletcher. And Mundungus. a Mundungus is an old timey word that describes smelling of tobacco. Mundungus. Yes, is smelling of tobacco. So after a night at the bar, back when bars had smoking, uh, you could be uh, a yes. Mundungus, smelling of tobacco. <clears throat> when did that end? 2006 in Oregon? Uh, yeah. Oh, I don't remember. No, I think it was later you, than that, wasn't it? It might have been uh, the very end of 2006, New Year's Day 2007 might have been the last day, something like that. Oh, really? Oh, I thought it was more like nine or ten. No, no, no. It was No, you're that. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was trying to remember, I quit smoking when I turned 30, which was 2010. But yeah, you couldn't smoke at bars at that point. So it was, yeah, significantly before there. Mm-hmm. Um... Mundungus. Mundungus. I've never heard. Yeah. All right. That's a good one. I, You know, uh, all three of your shiny rocks are shiny rocks that I had never seen before. That is that is what I'm here for, is finding dumb, obscure stuff, mostly on Twitter. Oh, by the way, so here's something I should admit to. Um, that I, Well, Uh-oh. I can't admit to, but there, Wait, is, like there on, is another like podcast. Live? Should, we, should we pause? Should we stop recording? No. no. Oh. So there is, there is this wonderful wordsmith. Uh, she used to work for the uh, OED, Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, she has a dictionary corner on the lovely British show um, uh, Countdown uh, called Susie Dent. She is a lexicographer and she is wonderful. And she tweets out a lot of words. Uh, now, I try not to use her words, but unfortunately, she's been doing this for a very fucking long time. And other people on Twitter will g- repeat her stuff. So it is like, you see, Mundungus reeks to me of kind of old English weirdness that she would have tweeted at some point. Now, I've not looked it up. Uh, but I want to throw that out there because I think there's probably people in the audience that have heard some of my uh, my shiny rocks and thought, hey, he's stealing these from Susie Dent. Yes, but through <laughs> through like probably two or three people in that kind of uh, retweet kind of way. So I have no way, way of well, doing it. But, yeah. yeah, but at the same time, I think uh, people in the audience should give shouldn't give you too much of a hard time because – uh, all you know, it doesn't matter how unusual these words are. There's still words in the English language, and you're talking about unusual words. Yeah, and there's a thing English. with word nerd people that like we do tend to 
attract to certain words. Like, like there's, um, I don't remember if I did this on the show, but there's, uh, 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 one of the words they invented for the fear of long words that every word nerd knows is, 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 uh, uh, like, oh, triskaidekaphobia or whatever. Oh, no. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, hippopopoto demonstrous escobidelophobia. Now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. every, it's such a dumb word, but it's because of its, its, its enormous stupidity that we're, that we're aware, <laughs> that we're all aware of it. And I think like that flocky docky right. pillification thing is, Another one of those. There's also, and I don't know it, there's um, everybody in England around that area, Wales, knows there's this extraordinarily long uh, railway stop in Wales that's like a paragraph long. Oh, yeah. Long. I have seen that name. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've heard, yeah, there's some uh, YouTube clip of a, of a like an English London weatherman who's learned yes. how to say it properly. Correct. Um, which I've seen that one as well. Just, yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm kind of... Uh, uh, preemptively jumping in front of the the uh, Alex you're stealing this from somebody else we well, can't really steal words but the point is uh we're, we now got that out there D- Susie Dent's great um I'm better though mm-hmm. so yeah. oh I mean I'm not I mean, she's, 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 she's better than me in like every single sense of the word but you know, I, I was pretending I had uh competence Eric boom boom so, boom Alex let's go back to my room where we can do it all night and I'll make you feel right I mean, that would work if you had, like, some, I don't know, amazing laxatives and chemical toilets. Why would I need a chemical toilet? Well, because your room doesn't have actual toilets in it, and I don't want to boom-boom on the floor. Well, I'm in my room as, like, my dwelling, the whole thing. I mean, there's a bathroom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah I'm sure your your bathroom, I have not boom-boomed in your bathroom. And I appreciate but it looks, that. Uh, yeah. It looks like it's totally sufficient for it- boom Boom. Very functional toilet flushes, uh, the water refills. I have a bidet. Uh, I request you don't use that. But, you know, it's... You know. Why would you request that I don't use the bidet? What's wrong with your bidet? No, my bidet's great. It's just my bidet. I just feel like it's a little intimate. What, you, you don't share bidets? Oh, God. What, what are you going to... What, are you going to borrow my fuck sleeve next? No, that's disgusting. Yeah, so use my bidet, <laughs> you bidets, bidets, bidets are clean. Not the way like I what? Use does them. yours get covered in? Does yours get covered in boom boom? Uh, no, I just thought it'd be funny to be territorial about a bidet. I don't know. I just say weird shit and just hope it goes somewhere. That's really the secret of my I'm podcasting just saying, success. This is, this is where it's all going to end. This is where it's the the boom boom bidet wars of uh, mm. of twenty twenty two. Yes, uh, I, so. I think that is the secret of everything. So let's let's talk about this. Um, are okay. you a okay. fan? Or have you seen the show Breaking Bad? I have watched a few episodes of it. Um, it was very... Di- I, I know that this makes me an unusual person, but it was difficult for me to get into. I didn't really watch it. Okay. Uh, is this where you're going to tell me about Better Call Saul and how much better it is? I mean, I can because I love Better Call Saul and it is better than Breaking Bad. No, no, Bad. don't do it. Please what don't, I was going don't to say, it. say, though, how and ever is I believe the mountain in this episode is uh, voice acted by the guy who played Badger on Breaking Bad. I did not look this up, though, and that's why I thought maybe you would know, but you wouldn't because you, if you listen to a few episodes, it is a fucking stretch to believe that you would know who the fuck Badger is. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one of the things that I always... Uh, forget to do or most of the time i forget to do is kind of check out the voice actors and the yeah. people behind the episodes of adventure now. time yeah. 
Yeah, you know, for some reason that kind of stuff doesn't always uh, interest me as much, although I do always find it really fun to discover that like some actor or voice actor that I know was on an episode of Adventure Time. Um, But I want to talk about something in this episode, which is that once again, I do think that episode 10... Uh, oh, there's Pendleton Ward did the voice. Shit. Okay. No, I was totally wrong. Oh. He sounds like Badger from oh. uh, Breaking Bad. Didn't Pendleton Ward play Badger in Breaking Bad? Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I was right. It is Matt Jones who played Badger. Uh, Pendleton Ward played Other Mountain. The, I guess the one that oh, really the Lady liked. Mountain. Yeah, I guess he played Lady Mountain's voice. Matt Jones, who is Badger. Oh. Who, by the way, his IMDb picture looks like a fucking snack. Uh, played that. And the head marauder... In this episode, uh-huh. played by Tom Wilson, a.k.a. Biff from Back to the Future. Oh, well, he's come a long way. Man, we really should that look at these more often. These are interesting. Yeah, okay, fine. Maybe we'll put that on our list. Apparently, uh, Maria to... Bamford uh, played the squid. Huh, there was a squid? Yes, in the beginning of the episode, they're milking a squid and saying squid juice and drinking oh, uh, God. Uh, That's right. jars of it. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah, it was really gross. Uh, um, so this episode, uh, is all about sort of developing Finn's character and Finn's, uh, motive Mm. for being a hero, which is that when he was a little baby, he was abandoned in the woods. Yes. He went boom, boom, and nobody stopped to help him. And then he fell down, no, then he fell down into his boom, boom. Yes, yes. So he basically sat in his yeah. own boom boom, and nobody stopped to help him uh, until um, Margaret and uh, 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 Jacob. God, what's Jake's, what? Jacob and Margaret? No, really. Jacob and Esau. One I hate. <laughs> Jacob, right? Looking it up. Finn and Jake's parents. Well, you just want Jake's parents because Finn's parents show up later. Joshua. Joshua. Joshua and Margaret. I was close. Yes. Old time, old Old Testament J name. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Joshua and Margaret, who are dogs who can talk and wear clothes, uh, find Finn in the woods uh, sitting in his own boom boom mm-hmm. and, um, and bring him home. But that act of kindness uh, <laughs> inspires Finn to become a hero later on. Uh, it, it's funny because um, it's funny because there's this element in, in Finn's lesson that I think he hasn't learned correctly, which is he believes given his experience with like strangers passing by while he's sitting in his own boom, boom as a little baby in the woods that uh, not looking at a problem is the same as solving it. Yeah. And also, selflessly give yourself to everything else and don't have self-care like therapists will Mm -hmm. teach you this is bad like this is this is an over amount of empathy which can be uh toxic yes yes and i think it's going to uh bite him in the ass if he continues on that route yeah uh especially since everything he does is a very temporary solution yeah swing back around though okay okay i think we need to just have a quick mention of the fact that uh, Joshua and what's the mom's name? I already forgot. Margaret, Margaret. Joshua and Margaret both talk like they're like that transatlantic 1930s accent. And oh, there's yeah, a they're wonderful, totally making fun of that accent. There's I a wonderful that. bit of dialogue here where she's like, oh, I'll just pick up this baby and give it kisses. That's the only thing it needs. Oh, Margaret, now that he kissed that boom, boom, baby, I'm not going to give you any sugar till you get home and wash your dirty, dirty mouth. 
It is this wonderful. Which, by the way, I love you. It, you you do that well. Is I, that, I was uh, just I about to say the, that. I'm shocked how I'm. I'm not good at stuff. I was like, "Ooh, I kind of did that. I I kind of did that." Okay. Maybe the transatlantic accent is sort of based on New Jersey. Well, I'm, I mean, it's that's half of it. I mean, it's literally between um, the East, the New York, New Jersey, and England. It's the idea of transatlantic. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so you're kind of you're kind of halfway there. Uh, yeah, Your which is also accent. lyrics to "Living on a Prayer" by Bon Jovi from New Jersey. Oh my God, it's all connected. Uh, it oh, is. Oh, and Bon Jovi also sat down in his own boom boom, which is why he became a rock yeah. star. And as we all know, that's Latin for "good Jovi." <laughs> <laughs> oh. See how could you ever call the show stupid? We make dumb Latin oh, jokes. Oh man. <laughs> All right, so yeah, they, oh, they speak in uh, transatlantic accents, which I love. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, so we learn Finn's backstory after they go to this Viking village that they all—it's uh, a rough house town or whatever. Yeah, they're rough housing. We get constantly. the whole backstory with uh, Finn. Just oh, I was lost in the woods. He gets this whole thing, and then Jake has a lovely line where he whispers to the lead Viking, "He still cries when he poops." <laughs> So, are you not supposed to cry every time you poop? Well, it depends, right? Like, if uh, if you had uh, habanero peppers for the previous meal... And I always do. You might have to cry when you poop. Yeah, and I also poop every time I cry, which is really awkward at a funeral. <laughs> and that's why you wear all black at funerals. Yeah, and everywhere else, too, because I need to hide uh, mm-hmm. my shame, my boom-boom shame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, I was yeah. I was uh, lamenting to a friend uh, yesterday that I can't seem to, like, find a relationship. And I need to remember that I say things like this and then put it on the Internet. That like this this the this is this is what I'm putting into the universe. And and maybe it is my fault. <laughs> I don't think saying these sorts of things on the internet will keep you from having a relationship. I think, uh, I think it's a good litmus test so that when you do end up in a relationship, you'll know uh, that you've found the right person. Oh, so because they'll be like, you know what, Alex, I listened to the Boom Boom episode, and now I just want to date you more. Yeah, so they know like the depths that I can get to that like. I can, yes. f- for the amusement of people I'll never meet, uh, claim to cry when I shit and shit when I cry. <laughs> I think they'll probably say something along the lines of, uh, I feel like the depths of the depravity that you have exposed on all of your podcasts is just a challenge. Cool. Well, any any single ladies in the Portland <laughs> metro region, I'm uh, at Alex Bolan on Twitter. Slip into those DMs. I- I'm there. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm there. I'm a, I'm a giving lover. Uh, I'll, I'll make you laugh. Give me a massage. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm swinging. Probably going to be swinging, some boom boom. Bi- swinging some big leather. I'll tell you that. Uh, just, just, just the biggest, the biggest of genitals. I mean, boy howdy. You're like, man, what what size are those? And you're like, wow, they're so big. I'm good at I'm good at sexy talk, aren't I? No. Oh, no. Sorry. All right. Sorry. So I'll add that to the list. Uh, <laughs> So in the in the town of Rough Housing, the first attempt at a solution, 
Finn talks to the mountain and he goes back uh-huh. and he says, hey, guys, can you just like kind of tone down the roughhousing? And uh, yeah. th- the way they do this is by tying ducks to their hands. And get- <laughs> oh, it's such a bad idea. They tie oh, ducks and rats and pigs. One of the guys had snakes tied to his head. <laughs> yeah, um, later they have crocodiles. The one guy's got crocodiles on his yeah. arms. <laughs> but I mean, there's no way that that's not going to hurt the animals. And which the mountain points out, like this is yeah. even worse. They're punching animals now. Yeah. Well, you can tenderize the meat, though. I'm, you know, assuming they're 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 uh, meat eaters. I'm I'm suspe- I suspect that 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 mountain's probably a vegan. Yeah, but who cares if vegans cry? Well, if a vegan was crying boulders, everybody would care. Yeah, that's true. Vegans are like the earth. <laughs> you want to talk about boom boom and crying? The mountains crying is literally boom, 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 boom. Oh, so you're saying he's like me and he shits out of his eyes when he cries. <laughs> I'm very well, sick. I don't know. I don't know where else he would shit. Uh, no, but I'm saying that like uh, perhaps uh, that is a reference. Perhaps that's part of Adventure Time being clever is the boom, boom and the the boulders coming out of the eyeballs you know i mean i'm just saying maybe they were being clever i think you're right i think they were being clever and um i think um good job pendleton ward uh 20 points yeah yeah arbitrary 20 points 20 points one of the things that's kind of horrifying about this episode though is the idea that like anything in this world can be sentient like yeah and we come across this later isn't there an episode where they talk about where they have sentient sandwiches oh i think so yes I mean, yes, this there's a sentient, sentient sandwich episode. I yeah, they... yeah. But these mountains are friggin' alive, yeah. and they have feelings and opinions, and there's more than one of them in the same mountain range, and one of them only wants to look at mountain butts. Mountain backs. Which is also pretty weird. Yeah, I mean, you know what they meant. No, I think they're backs. I think well, people are like kind of into the back. Okay. You know, it's strong. It's, you know, it's like Atlas. Right, right. Yeah. Well, they showed it. It was grassy. Yeah. It was very green. Yeah. Well, you know, I think ladies dig like a like a like a hairy guy, like a hair suit kind of person, or like a sort of a, a mossy back. I think they really dig a back that's yeah. covered in moss. I mean, and not on humans trees. though, because that's gross. But on on well, I don't know. I mean, Swamp Thing. Have you seen? Yeah, swamp I was gonna say, on Mountains, on Swamp Thing, on Moss Man from He Man. That's all good. But like on just regular humans, no. Okay. Okay. So Finn's second She's solution talking. is he uh-huh. introduces heavy petting to the Viking village of Roughhousing. <laughs> Which is hilarious. It's so weird. And it is like this whole episode. I feel like this episode crosses that line between kids episode and adult episode. Yeah. Like the the toilet humor uh, gets a little intense and a little weird. And then there's the heavy petting. There's also the animal cruelty. Also, they pet each other raw, yeah. which is this, yeah. I mean, uh, which is uh, just so freaky, and no kid is gonna know that happens. Like, it's not like kids. Yeah, I think would that's a kind that of a callback to the classic things, like when we, when we were growing up, like with cartoons with like the adult humor. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the idea is that kids will never get it, so why bother hiding it? You know, as long as it's couched right. in a verbal joke, kids are gonna go, "Hey, I wonder if petting has a secondary idea that I don't know about." So you're saying children just sort of like lack the sophistication to understand the depth of Pendleton Ward's humor. Absolutely. Hey, here's well, something. Can we I give can... him another 20 points for this? Yeah. Fuck, he can have 30. Okay, cool. Here's something I learned okay. uh, yesterday. 
and uh, it's going to make you hate uh, England. Okay. In England, they don't call it petting your dog. They call it stroking, which is fucking <laughs> gross. <laughs> I mean, it's sure it's fine for them, but like, as people that speak what I like to call the evolved form of English, American, um, yeah, they stroke now their there pets. there is no way. Okay, I, dude, dude, I'm not going to look this up because I want it to no, be true, it, but I honestly... I heard it in context of an English person saying it not as a joke. He was referring to stroking his dog. They just, okay, I'm just sort of thinking back. You remember what was the TV show? Um, Black Adder. With the department store. No, no, Black no. Books. The one in the departments. Blackie it's Python. from before Black Books. You guys, you don't, you never watched this TV show. It was, oh my God. I can't remember the name of the TV show, but it was, uh, it was on PBS when we were kids. And it was this really stupid, raunchy uh, British comedy that took place in a department store. It was really stupid. No, I don't but think there was I know this it. older lady who was like an old cat lady who always talked about going home and stroking your pussy or something. And it was like the joke, you know, the double entendre joke. Yeah. No, but I mean, I, th- I think it's because I, uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm Googling stroking my dog, uh, British. Okay. <laughs> Turn on safe search. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, do you stroke or pet a dog? Word reference. There's the first thing. Do dogs like being stroked? UK. What does stroking a dog mean in America? So, yeah, I think this is all evidence of the fact that uh, English people either use the term stroke uh, to refer to as pets or Uh there's some real, real deep fucking dirty stuff happening in England that we don't know about. Okay, so then here's what here's the question that we all want the answer to then when Jake and Lady Rainicorn are alone. Are they petting or stroking? Uh, hand jobs. Hand jobs. Yeah, okay. hand jobs. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. I... <laughs> okay. That was easy, actually. Yeah, real easy answer. Yeah, you know, I was just... <laughs> so, uh, let's... Was, let's playing softball. I'm going to... I'm going I'm 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 to try to turn this train back towards some kind of station. The end of the episode That's is a different episode. By Finn gets overwhelmed with uh, creatures asking him for help. There's a little mushroom guy saying like, there's no music and we desperately want to dance. And then there's like an old curmudgeon guy's like, ah, I can't hear her. There's baby fish near its dead mother saying the flies are eating our mommy. Um, it's <laughs> I love that it's part. fucking psychedelic so, weird. Yeah. So dark. Yeah. Or the, what about the old cloud wizard who's like, I'm naked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Finn kind of has like a, a complete crisis. And this is where I think the, the, the horrible lesson is the lesson Finn doesn't learn, solve the problems that you can solve, uh, you know, within yourself, uh, you know, uh, you know, make a hierarchy of what can be done and then putting yourself in mind as well. Give what you can while keeping yourself safe and emotionally sound. No. He MacGyver fucking Rube Goldbergs all of the problems yeah, together. Yeah, it's a Rube and, Goldberg s- chain yes, and, of temporary solutions. And and in quotes, solves them. And that's the mm-hmm. end of the episode, which, which again, you know, this this show is not here to teach moral, you know, uh, uh, lessons. But this is a or horrible is thing. It? Well, if it is, it is, it's it is. a shit job of it. Pendleton Ward, negative seven points. You know, um, I loved the original solution that Finn, or not the original solution, but the solution that Finn came up with, where once he explained to the roughhousing Vikings uh, that the that the mountain didn't want to watch them roughhousing, they were like, well, why don't we just turn the mountain around? Oh, yeah. Now, there was a really obvious solution that 
nobody mentioned in the entire episode, which was move the village. That's their ancestral homeland, dude. That's colonizer thinking. That's right. The mountain does say that he's been watching them for hundreds of years. Yeah. So, yeah, they've been there for centuries. The mountain hasn't really lodged a complaint until then. Nobody's been able to hear it speak or cry until that point. Because remember how surprised the roughhousers are? It's a funny line. They're like, holy shit, this mountain <laughs> yeah, That's a really funny line. Yeah. 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 But it really points, like, something changed recently. That mountain wasn't able to make noise until recently, I think. There must have been something else going on. How did the mountain start making noise? No. Well, maybe it's this is that the mountains always made noise and they were so apart from their spiritual nature that they don't understand the kind of, you know, the, the Hayao Miyazaki like world that they were living in. And so they just thought, Oh, the mountains having an earthquake, but really it's the weeping of the mountain. I don't know about that because I think that, I think that the, the true spiritual nature of the roughhousers and the reason that they have to keep roughhousing is that sort of, being locked in in physical competition with you know their fellows like that makes them who they are that is their spiritual nature and it is not loud enough to cover up the crying finn can hear it yeah but finn is much more in touch with the, you know the world he, he he's he's a liminal traveler between these like disparate realms what i'm saying is like in like the japanese okay. kind of shinto way the kami of the mountain is not communicating with the kind of viking ruffians down there or maybe the kami of the mountain uh-huh. Is sitting there saying, "What a what a desperate, desperate state the world is in. That the only way these men can show affection to each other is with violence, and often violence via duck. Why can't they just hold hands or or go to the mall or just have a have a pleasant conversation?" But no, society has bred that out of them. The only way they know how to say, "Hey, you know what, man, I love you," is to punch them across, punch each other across the face. So, Eric, I'll say this to you to try to break down the stigma. Next time I see you. I'm going to punch you in your stupid fucking face. Hey, I'm bringing a chainsaw. I'm going to bring a crocodile. <laughs> hey, this dolphin <laughs> fell in love with me. I love it, which is... So, I that that's the, another thing I love about this episode. You know, we, we sort of made fun of a bunch of the earlier episodes in the season so far because they had sort of like Finn learning the wrong lesson or something like that. Uh, in this episode, the the wrong lesson kind of like repeats throughout, but the end scene, you're just reminded that there's a level of absurdity in Adventure Time that 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 you know you have to just love. Yes, like the scene of them riding away on the dolphin with uh, Finn shouting, "It's Adventure Time!" is pretty much what the whole show is about. Or if I may posit this, we are in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. Maybe these are the dolphin descendants of the experiments of Dr. John Lilly. The dolphin, the, you know, the that experiment that they had the dolphin with, live with that lady and they both did LSD and she started giving the dolphin hand jobs. Maybe these are their descendants and the dolphin did fall in love with him. Um, I mean, we already know that Jake is super lovable. Lady Rainicorn fell in love with him. Yeah. Do you think Lady Rainicorn is going to be jealous that Jake is hanging out with this dolphin that obviously has feelings for him? Is this going to be a problem? Yeah, it does have a pretty nice fluke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, let's hope they never explore that. And by hope, I mean, I know they don't because we've watched all the episodes. Yeah, that's all I got for episode 10 of season one of Adventure Time. Pendleton Warned has gained uh, 53 points this episode. 
Oh, that's pretty good. Where does the extra three come from? No, he got 60. I subtracted seven for something arbitrary. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, I think that when it comes time to explore whatever my segment is that I was supposed to come up with, you might have to subtract more of his points. All right. Why would, wait, why would he subtract points? Because you, you were ill-prepared. Well, I mean, I don't get points. Pendleton Ward is the only one who gets points. Oh, you didn't realize show. you so weren't getting points? Take... Dude, you're behind no, like 60 I, I... at this point. Then I might have to be behind even more. Uh, okay, here I am sitting at my desk. I'm kind of looking around well, Eric, being like... Sorry, wait, let me... Let me pos- show and tell? Well, let me posit, uh, posit an idea to you. Uh, one of our segments, which is kind of where I was going before, and I forgot that's why I pitched uh-huh. it to you. One of our segments that we've established is, what are you reading? What are you watching? Uh, tell us about what you were imbibing uh, intellectually at the moment, which if... if yeah, if, if that's an option. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I do have some things to talk about. Uh, first, one of the things that I am imbibing intellectually is a gin and tonic. Uh, oh, is that a mason jar? And I will... It is not a mason jar. Well, I don't know, but it's better than a mason jar. My glass has a story. Woo! Long, long, long ago... Uh, so I guess we should explain. This is ba- it's basically it's a drinking jar, uh, and it's Lagunitas. It's from Lagunitas Brewery. Um, so long, long ago, eleven years ago, more than eleven years ago, almost twelve years ago, probably when I first moved to Portland, um, I ended up living in North Portland for a while, and I was going to Cerveza pretty regularly, and I think I was following them on Twitter or conversing with them on Twitter a lot, and uh, they tweeted that they got in a bunch of these cool Lagunitas drinking jars that they were giving away to anybody who came in and bought a pint of Lagunitas. And I was like, oh, that sounds super cool. So I tweeted at him and I was like, you guys, I can't come in today. Will you save me one? And they were like, yeah, of course, no problem. And I didn't make it until like a week later. And one of the owners of Cerveza like recognized me from my tweet or something. And the minute I walked in, he walked up, he goes, here's your, cl- here's your drinking jar. Oh, that's sweet. And so I've managed to hold on to it ever since somehow. That's, so yeah. Um, anyhow, gin and tonics are, uh, you know, they are a hot weather drink. They are, um, good for fighting malaria. Well, okay. So, I mean, the theory is of course that they're good for fighting malaria and scurvy since they've got limes and, uh, quinine tonic water in them. Of course, uh, limes don't actually have enough vitamin C to fight off scurvy. And I think malaria today is quinine resistant. So uh, instead, it's just a good uh, cold weather drink. Yeah, you got to drink Kwai 10 at this point. Yeah, and I'm not going to have 10 of them. That sounds ridiculous. It's a, it's a, it's a school night. I'm still – so, you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go on a big uh, trip, which I've mentioned a couple – probably like 20, 30 times this episode. Um, so one of the things that I've been doing is I've been continuing to kind of like load stuff up on my e-reader. And I have been reading – the Marcus Didio Falco Mysteries, which I love. They are a series of mysteries by an author named Lindsay Davis, and they take place in uh, first century CE Rome. And uh, the main character, I mean, it's it's they're well written. They're they're fun and entertaining, and just packed full of stuff that history nerds love. Like it's it's very informative. Um, in fact, apparently some of the first books in the series were considered so well written when it came to like portraying uh, Roman life uh, from the first century that uh, classic students in college would get assigned to read them oh. which is super, which sounds delightful they are really really fun reading uh, and aside from that I haven't been reading a whole lot aside from that primarily because 
I just finished a really hefty work project in my real world, you know, rent paying job. And my brain um, didn't get a chance to recover before it was uh, smacked by the heat wave. But I just started, I've been watching uh, a pretty good TV show called Naomi, which unfortunately is already canceled, but it is a superhero show uh, based in the DC universe um, about uh, a comic book character named Naomi that I just, it's too new for me. I haven't read any of her comics, but it's fun. It's really entertaining. There's lots of, there's not a lot of action, but there's a lot of good story development. There's tons of science babble, which I always really enjoy because you listen to it and you're like, wow, none of this makes any sense, but I'm glad that it's moving the plot along. Um, and I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I really just ranted for like five minutes there, didn't no, I? No, it was Holy great. Shit. I have something to add here. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Referring back to, I don't know if it was while we we're on break, but um, hey, check this out. I know about I know about uh, 90s stuff. We were on a break. That's from the TV show Friends that um, Facebook really wants me to watch because every third ad is for a Friends page for some reason. I don't understand. Why would but anybody watch Friends? I don't fucking know. <laughs> point is, there's no point, is. Okay. I have been listening to a podcast called the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast, which is... So, hold on. What's Better Call Saul again? The Breaking Bad sequel. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. We referenced that earlier. Doesn't doesn't everybody know Better Call Saul? Okay, okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. Talk about the no, podcast. No, we were talking about... Before, we were talking about Better Call Saul. Remember? It's like the greatest show ever. Yes, yes. I, I, Remember? We were talking um, about it before. Right, right. That's the one with the two brothers who go fight like exactly, zombies, exactly, and with badger, werewolves, uh, and stuff. So right? yeah, it is a podcast that they do every. They do one episode for uh, one episode of the podcast for every episode of the show, um, starting in season uh-huh. one. But it's with both the creators, the lead editor, oh. uh, frequently the writer uh-huh. of the show, oftentimes one of the main actors on the show, and they just talk about the episode for like a significant amount of time, and it is fucking delightful. Um, Vince Gilligan and the other guy that like did Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are really like down to earth, like regular ass dudes. It, it's it's quite refreshing. And uh, Jonathan Banks, who is one of the regulars on the show, um, is this grizzled old actor type. Well, he's a grizzled old guy on screen frequently. That's what he's cast at. He's Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. But he is like a dorky, fun, upbeat guy on the show, which is really refreshing or like, I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. the, the, the juxtaposition between his like on screen is just kind of like this grizzled old dirty cop persona. But on the show, he's doing like dumb voices and just having fun and like ribbing people. And it's yeah, it's really great. So, yeah, if you are a Better Call Saul fan, which apparently uh, everybody is, according to Eric, uh, the Better Call Saul Insider podcast is great. I'm sure they need my help <laughs> to get them more listens. Uh, they were number one on iTunes for most of their run. But the point is, uh, it actually is quite good and uh, and worth listening to. Well, that sounds pretty good. I um, I caught up with the British History podcast, which I was using um, to help me fall asleep, and uh, it's been it's been tough. I'm not sure what to do. Do I go back and listen to it again? Uh, I mean, why now not? You've listened to the History of Rome, Mike Duncan. No, I haven't. Listen to that. Maybe that no, I, 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 okay, okay. This isn't even a request. Listen, the, the History of Rome has gotten me through so many sleepless nights. I love that band. I love his voice. It's really engaging content. He's also obsessed with Gibbon, as as I know you've you've uh, at least read. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've read. <laughs> I don't know. 
I, you know, I mean, that's not something that you really want to admit out loud, but I've read Gibbon, most of it, at least. Yeah, I, we should probably the history say, and, of the decline and fall of the Roman yeah, Empire. I was about to say, it sounds like we're talking about the writings of some kind of like uh, ape. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no. <laughs> yeah, we, I, I mean, I like Gibbon, but have you tried macaque? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've got a problem. This macaque yeah. is in love with me. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, let me quote this. Well, let me quote this from a uh, ringtailed lemur. I know it's a little bit on the side, but. <laughs> Um, all right, so let's 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 do some uh, let's do some little cleanup here. We've been doing five episodes of the show, and I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. guys right now, not a single one of you has communicated with us yet, and you should. At who? Yeah, how do you not know that we're doing this from the future? <laughs> so uh, I know it, it occurred to me that like we really probably should uh, uh, talk about our our socials more. So we're Wizbiz Podcast. On uh, Twitter, I believe we're also Wizbiz Podcast on Instagram, but we are. Uh, yeah, so the idea is just try to get in touch. Do you remember our Gmail address? That'd be that'd be nice. Wizbiz Podcast at gmail.com. Oh, did I get all of them the same? Awesome, dude! I've been- yes, yes, yes. I have had the ill fortune we, of not being able to get the same name so many times in various podcasts I've done. But the point is, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, obviously, we've been pre-recording yeah, stuff, so that's what I thought it'd be nice. Once these episodes start coming out, we might have a bit of an audience at this point, or at least enough people listening that you can talk to us. We'd love to answer your questions. We could have one of our classic segments of let's answer listener mail. Uh, we actually do have, oh, you know, listener mail for tonight. Ooh. Oh, really? Yes. Who? Oh, well, obviously there's yeah, only one person from, that's ever listened to the show. Is it from our number one fan? It is. And um, I can tell you this, this segment's going to go nowhere, but I thought I'd read it out loud because it might be funny and also might shame people. So first off, first, hi, Eric, Uh, exclamation, 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 et cetera. So there's like guys with UFO type encounters with female beings. Then it's this whole thing of they've been initiated into the in quotes divine feminine like Streber with that mantid lady. But there are ones where some lady gets railed by a gray alien dude or something and starts preaching about the divine masculine or are there ones she's asking about the divine masculine i don't know if this is appropriate for your show but it's been on my mind so do you have any feelings about uh women getting railed by gray aliens and preaching about the divine masculine uh i i my brain at the moment is too confused to know if i have feelings yeah i throw a lot about this the next the, uh, we have a follow-up question which is a little easier about hold on okay, hold yeah. on hold on i honestly did not know about the men getting railed by lady aliens and preaching about the divine feminine that is new to yes me. whitley streber talks about but it but i he, he fucked a mantid i don't yeah. but i don't really follow a lot of the ufo alien that's stuff c- like that's not really in my that's why i read it quickly <laughs> to be honest with you this, okay. this okay. next one is okay. much so it- more your wheelhouse <clears throat> okay 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 if a dog man had a sasquatch had a baby and it turned out to be a man squatch how is that different from like a regular sasquatch stands the reason that'd be different but linguistics suggests maybe not uh, okay if a dog man mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise known as a cenotaph. Uh, Ceno- oh, I think oh, you might be right. That's a good poll if you're right. Uh, no, no, it's not a It's something like that, though, it's, right? But it's very, very close. Yeah, there's a Greek yeah. word for a dog No, man. you're so close. Yeah, well done. Uh, yeah. Either way, you get credit. It, yeah, if a dog man and a, and Sasquatch. a, and a Sasquatch yes. had a baby. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I mean, first of all, uh, this is a really, really difficult hypothetical because I think as far as we know, the dogmen are extinct. Nobody really reports dogmen. No, there's a Michigan dogmen that has been reported in modern times. Is there a Michigan? Well, there's also Michigan Sasquatches, I believe. Well, that's that's where they're probably throwing down, yeah. Okay, so it's very possible that a dogman and a Sasquatch could meet. Mm -hmm. And it's very possible that a dogman and a Sasquatch could fall in love. Yes. However... Uh, in order for a dogman and a Sasquatch to have a baby, they would have to be at least of the same, what is it, genus? Uh, yeah. And I do not think that dogman and Sasquatches are closely enough related to have a baby. I think you're 100% right. That's exactly where I was going to go yeah, with this. I think, Genetically, I yeah, feel like, I think yeah. that's at, mm-hmm, I think that At best, you're going to have like a sterile like human Z kind of baby. And that's like at best. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's even going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It would be like a liger only with a dog squatch, man. Yes. And also, you know, I think we also can see that like dogmen are not particularly personable or they're not particularly good at finding mates. Like that's why we don't have very many reports about them anymore. Yeah, like, why else would you live dogmen in Michigan? used to be all over ancient Greece, right? But now there we don't have dog like there's one left and he's in northern Michigan. He probably just eats cheese and listens to Ted Nugent. If I may posit another theory though, Eric, maybe they were too successful with breeding with human women and all the dog stuff got bred out. So, so it's a dog man and a human woman. Now they have like a half uh-huh. dog man, half human baby. So it's like three fourths human at this point. Now that thing still has enough canine mojo that is really successful in breeding in the next time. Now it's like what one sixteenth dog man. A few generations now. Okay, so I I, th- I think I see where you're going with this, which is that eventually the human dog man hybrid would be so human that it could mate with the Sasquatch. Can humans mate with Sasquatches? Is this a thing? They can definitely fuck them. I know that from experience. I don't know about like actually have like viable offspring. Okay. And, and when a human fucks a Sasquatch, do they end up talking about the divine masculine and the divine feminine? Or are they like, holy shit, I really need some antihistamines. It turns out I'm allergic to Sasquatch dander. Yeah. I think it's more along that lines and like, oh my God, this smells so awful. I, I've never I've never had my brain turn off so bad because I was horny that I fucked essentially an upright ape. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I feel like we answered that. I question think I think we did. What was the... I think we covered it really yeah, well. Yeah. So if you want, um, well, thank you for sending in those questions. Yeah. If you want in depth answers uh, like that uh, from from two, let's just face it, experts. Uh, you know, hit us up. Experts on both shiny rocks and cryptids. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, don't even get me started on chupacabras. I won't. I promise. Because uh, talk about sucky, sucky. You know what I'm saying? Nope. Oh, nope. Chupacabra I is don't. a goat. I don't. Is a goat nope, sucker. Nope. Nope. Not listening. Not listening. <laughs> no, I was just saying it means goat sucker in Spanish. I know. And I'm I know. just saying I'm I was a just... goat. <laughs> goat in modern language means the greatest of all time. I was explaining to you earlier about modern language. I thought it was god of all things. Oh. I've heard greatest of all time, but that's that's fine too. Yeah, I think the, I think the mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the same same uh, you know. I think goat ends up meaning meaning god of all things in a lot of Masonic conspiracies. Oh no, this is like a like Michael Jordan is the goat at basketball. No, this is like a moderate. This is there's no Masonic thing here. <laughs> this is like little kid okay. speak. This is like when I was telling you about no cap on the break. No cap on the break. Yeah. 
yeah okay okay i feel like we've we've oh, we're um, well done yeah we've, we've, we've answered the, things we've, yeah we are well we've, done we've plugged our uh, stuff we've we've done things thank yeah. you all for listening i'm sorry about the goat part the goat part was the least offensive thing i've said the entire night uh subscribe to our podcast tell a friend about it and write us an email or tweet at us and we will absolutely respond in fact i will make sure alex responds since um he knows bigger words than i do Mm, i am rather sesquipedalian Uh uh-huh (laughs) uh-huh and luckily there are pills for that yeah that's true i i picked that up after i had a night with the chupacabra all right see ya bye (laughs) bye goodbye gunter